the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The Great News of Easter. And for those who are visiting with us on page 8 and 9 of your bulletin, you have the outline of the message with the scriptures that we can read together. The Great News of Easter. Now we are celebrating today the central defining event of the Christian faith. On this day for the past 20 centuries, Christians have gathered together all over the world in remote villages and in crowded cities, in cathedrals and church buildings like this, in rented school rooms, in storefronts, in private homes bearing witness to the world that Jesus has risen from the dead. This simple statement of faith is a key distinction between Christianity and every other religion or philosophy known to man. It sets us apart. Buddha didn't rise from the dead. Confucius is still in the grave. Aristotle, Socrates, and Plato are still sleeping the sleep of death. Mary Baker Eddy, Joseph Smith, every man or woman in history who claimed to have discovered the meaning of life, who claimed to know the way to God, every one of them is dead. And this fact not only makes Christianity unique, it also makes it good news. But to call the resurrection of Jesus Christ good news is to be guilty of gross understatement. It is not just good news, it is great news. It is fantastic news, unbelievable news, wonderful, amazing, incredible news. In a few moments, I'm going to talk about why the resurrection is such great news, why it is more than just an interesting historical event, but first I want to talk about a different day, Holy Saturday, the day between the death of Jesus on Good Friday and the discovery of the empty tomb on Easter Sunday. The great news of Christ's resurrection can only be appreciated against the bad news of his death. Consider how the disciples must have felt as 
the sun came up on that cold gray Saturday morning. Just the day before, they had witnessed the brutal execution of their leader. They had watched him suffer as his life sl- slowly drained away. He wasn't, it, his wasn't a calm, peaceful passing. And it wasn't a noble, heroic death. It was agonizing, shameful, humiliating death of a condemned criminal nailed to a wooden cross between two thieves. They listened as Jesus took his final tortured breath. They saw the Roman soldier thrust his sword into Jesus' side to make sure he was dead. They watched as his lifeless corpse was pulled down from the cross and taken away to be placed in a barred tomb. How must they have felt? Grief-stricken, heartbroken, shocked, horrified, traumatized, but most of all, confused. Only a week before, they were walking proudly at Jesus' side as he rode triumphantly into Jerusalem, surrounded by adoring crowds, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They were all convinced that he was the Messiah, the one who would save his people. He was going to reestablish Israel as an independent nation. He was going to give them his disciples positions and positions of honor and authority in his new kingdom. But then everything came crashing down around them. Jesus was arrested and brought before Pilate and the crowd suddenly changed their tune from what they were saying on, on Palm Sunday. And Matthew records it for us uh, in Matthew 27, 15 and 16, or 15, yes, 15 and 16, 21 and 23. So now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? So the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. And now this, a dead teacher, a lifeless savior. How could it end this way? They must have thought. Everything Jesus taught had seemed so right. Was it all a lie? If so, then how could they have been so mistaken, so deceived? How could they have thought that this uneducated carpenter was right and all the religious authorities were wrong? What fools they had been. But then again, didn't Jesus perform miracles, heal the sick, open 
the eyes of the blind cast out demons and raise the dead? Could a man who did those things really be a liar or a fraud? Or perhaps they had been following a madman, a lunatic, who thought that he was a son of God but really was an ordinary man. Was that it? Or was he just tragically misguided? Who was Jesus anyway? They thought they knew him, but now their whole world had been turned upside down and they weren't sure anymore. They couldn't reconcile what had just happened with what they thought they knew about Jesus. Now, Jesus had told them time and time again that he would be put to death, but he would be raised on the third day. But somehow, they didn't get it. So let's look at one of the occasions where, where Jesus um, uh, told them that he was going to be raised from the dead. Matthew sixteen twenty one says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Surely they didn't believe that the Son of God could die, could he? Yes, try to imagine how confused and distraught they must have felt on that Saturday. But let me ask you a question. Haven't you felt this way at times also? You thought that you understood what was involved in following Jesus Christ. You thought you knew what was supposed to happen. You had hopes, plans, expectations, and then something uh, came out of left field and knocked you right off your feet. You never saw it coming. And not only that, you never imagined that it could happen. What's going on? You cried in confusion. This isn't supposed to happen. This isn't supposed to be a part of the Christian life. I never expected cancer. I never expected failure. I never expected to lose my job. I never expected my child to die. I never expected my husband to leave me with young children to raise as a single mother. I never expected to have a broken family. Something is terribly wrong. I thought I knew who Jesus was, but the Jesus I was following would never allow this. Have you ever felt that way? If so, you are in good company because these are, are exactly the kind of thoughts that were going through the minds of the disciples on that Saturday morning. It seemed that God had abandoned them and they didn't know what to do or where to turn. But then something happened that changed everything for them. Because early on Sunday morning, while the dew is still on the grass, the women went to the tomb to anoint his body, and to their surprise, they were met by an angel. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 through 7, tells us, Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. 
He's not here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. As it turned out, Jesus was not a madman or a conman or a fool. He was and is the risen Lord, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And if there's one thing that we can learn from Easter is that God specializes in hopeless situations. God can make blessings out of burdens, gladness out of sadness, hope out of despair, life out of death, and he can make something out of nothing. I want to suggest two reasons why the resurrection is such great news. And the first is because it assures us that we can live an abundant and victorious life regardless of our situation. Regardless of our situation. By all appearances, the lives of Jesus' followers had fallen apart at his death. They mourned his death and feared for their own lives. But after his resurrection, they found the power to live victoriously day by day. And that has been the experience of Christians down through the centuries. Richard Moore accepted Christ as his Savior on Easter Sunday, 1985, while on death row in the Indiana State Penitentiary. One year later on Easter Sunday, uh, Chuck Colson, the founder of Prison Fellowship, and a group of uh, prison volunteers made a surprise visit to death row. They were led through the inner maze of cell blocks to the end of the line where men await execution. There were ten men isolated there, and most were still asleep. The only outside light came from small windows high in the concrete walls. It didn't look much like Easter in that place. It was depressingly cold, dark, and clammy. As the group walked past the cells, the men blinked and rubbed their eyes in dull surprise to see visitors so early. They barely responded to their greetings, then rolled over to go back to sleep. On the second level, they could see one brightly lit cell. Somehow they knew it was Richard Moore's. He was up smiling as if waiting for the group to arrive. He thrust his hands through the thick bars of the cell, joyfully greeting each visitor. His smile broadened as he talked about his feelings that day. He said, when I was on the outside, Easter meant new clothes and going to church to see what everyone else was wearing. Today, I'm in this place, but now I know what Easter really means. One of the women in the group had a guitar and she began to play and they all sang about Christ's victory on the resurrection day. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his, ha- cheer of, his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, 
He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Those victorious words rang out throughout death row. Prisoners like Richard Moore knew full well the darkness and the emptiness of life without Jesus Christ. But when Jesus Christ comes into a person's life, there is transformation, there's new life, there's new energy. There's something different about us when Jesus comes into our life. I don't know what imprisons you this morning. Maybe you are being held captive by stress, by loneliness, by depression, by fear, by insecurity, by resentment or failure. Maybe there's something else that has your life imprisoned in agony and defeat. But there's good news, indeed great news. Christ is alive. He wants to give you and me victory in our present situation. Victory over sin, victory over doubts, victory over fear, victory over death. The risen Christ wants you and me to have an abundant life in him today and every day. Indeed, Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. But the second point is because it assures us, or the resurrection assures us, of victory over death. It assures us of victory over death. The future is of great concern to most of us. People look to fortune tellers, astrologers, psychics, hoping to find answers for tomorrow, to know what's going to happen tomorrow. We know that one day we'll all die. 100% of us gathered here will die one day. But we want to postpone the moment as long as we can. One of the greatest enemies that we have to face is death. And people are asking, is there the possibility of everlasting life? And Easter says, yes, there is. The grave is not our final destination. By dying and then rising again, Jesus Christ has vanquished death once and for all, so that death no longer has the last word. Indeed, as Jesus uh, said uh, in, recorded for us in John chapter 11, 23 through 26, it says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus told her, your brother will live again. Martha answered, I know he will be raised to life on the last day when all the dead are raised. Jesus then said, I am the one who raises the dead to life. And everyone who believes because of faith in me will never really die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the one we hope would come into the world. 
You see, through faith in Jesus Christ, we possess what mankind has been seeking for since the dawn of time, the secret of everlasting life. But we can say this morning that we have found that secret in the one who was raised from the grave. We, as his followers, will never die. We are going to live forever. Our lives have a beginning but will never have an ending. When the stars have all burnt out, we will still be alive, worshiping and serving God. We are immortal. Disease or old age or an accident or even murder may kill the body. But because of the resurrection, we know that life does not end at death. So we can say with the Apostle Paul, recorded for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 54 and 57, Where death is your victory, where death is your power to hurt. Death gets its power to hurt from sin, and sin gets its power from the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, a first grade teacher gave each child in her class an empty leg egg container which um, held uh, a pair of uh, pantyhose. She told the children to each go home and find something that they felt represented life and put it in their container. The next day, the teacher was ready to discuss the items the children brought. On her desk were displayed 23 Um, leg containers, each holding a child's example of life. The children were extremely excited. You could feel the excitement in the room. As the teacher began, she cautiously uh, wanted to avoid one little boy's container. His name was Stephen. Little Stephen suffered from an incurable disease, and he was not expected to to live very long, but oftentimes he misunderstood directions for homework assignments, so the teacher wanted to spare him any embarrassment on this occasion. She picked up the first container to open it. A child giggled with anticipation. The teacher opened the uh, container to find a beautiful flower. Oh, what a beautiful symbol of life, the teacher said. Flowers do remind us of life. Thank you for the pretty flower. When the teacher opened the second container, out flew a magnificent butterfly, and the class roared with enthusiasm as they watched the butterfly flutter all around the room. Again, the teacher affirmed the student who brought the butterfly. She continued by picking up another container. This time, it felt empty. She just knew it had to be Stephen's, so she put it aside. Almost immediately, the little boy yelled out, that's my egg. It was Stephen, and he had noticed that she had put his egg container back on the desk. She told Stephen that she would look at it later, but he insisted that she open it in front of the whole class. She picked it up and slowly opened it. Looking inside, she discovered it was empty. 
At a loss for words, the teacher repeated her instructions. Stephen, she said, our assignment was to bring in a sign of life. How does this empty container remind you of life? After a long pause, Stephen looked up and said, But teacher, wasn't Jesus' tomb empty? Yes, it was. The teacher agreed. Stephen, that is the best symbol of real life, an empty tomb. And so the teacher continued opening the, the containers and moved on to other things that day. But several months passed, and people gathered in a church for the funeral of little Stephen. His body was finally defeated by a disease. On the front right pews sat 22 first graders and their teacher. In the casket were 22 empty and opened leg containers. Little Stephen didn't have much to look forward to in this world. But he understood that because Jesus was resurrected from the grave and is alive, that he did not have to fear death. See, if you're a believer in Christ, you need not to be afraid of living or of dying. Yes, you may have to face deep-seated sorrows, long-lasting trials, painstaking problems, heartbreaking traumas, mind-boggling pressures, and soul-shocking events. But victory will be yours because Jesus is alive. God has everything under control. He knows the problems that you face. He knows the burdens that you bear, the pain that you feel, the needs that you have, and the things that you, that you suffer. I'm here today to tell somebody that the risen Christ is the one that you need when you encounter a tragedy. He's the one that you need when you're confronted with a crisis. He's the one that you need when you face frustrating dilemmas, when you're tormented with troubles, and when you come to death's doorway. Jesus is the only one who can help you then. When fears assail you, when doubts plague you, when trials beset you, when dangers threaten you, when adversity encamps about you, and when others betray you, Jesus is the one that you need because he's the only one who can help. And so it is no wonder that angels cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, for he is the risen Christ. There's no wonder that sinners bow at his feet in repentance, that he is the head of the church, that Christians adore and praise him day after day, that he is the center of all attention. And no wonder that we eagerly expect and await his soon return, for he has risen from the grave. Jesus is alive, that ought to be sufficient to dry our tears, to inspire our hopes, to thrill our hearts, to strengthen our faith, to calm our nerves, and to put a spring in our steps. Hallelujah, Jesus is risen. Praise the Lord, Jesus is risen. Glory to God, Jesus is risen. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. 
Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 10.45 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.